Hola, galeras. This is your host, Jaws Blake of the Painter Files podcast. Uh, this is episode 23. It'll be the last one probably of the year, to be completely honest. Uh, I think I'm going to take next week off for the new year and just get all the stuff going. Um, yeah, I hope you're doing really well, actually. This is going to be a fun episode. We're just going to kind of talk about some of the projects that are coming about and just all the good things as Tom makes a mess in the studio and I run him off. Okay. <laughs> so our special guest for today on this beautiful podcast is uh, Tom, the cat. He's he's my boy, and he's particularly bad right now, so I am going to have to run him off. It's the inevitable, uh, the inevitable uh, rivalry of cat, art, plant, you know, the three-way war, if you will. Um, yeah, no, things are well. <laughs> it's so stupid. Things are well, actually. Things are really well. I've been making my record player, actually. Uh, I've been working on this painting for right now of this really cool record player that I have. And then a bunch of vinyl records that are kind of going with it. I'm thinking about doing it as like a big kind of compilation piece where they're all presented together. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how I'm going to do it. Or if it's going to be like a bunch of little things, but they all go together. They're all kind of one piece of a whole. And I don't know what made me fall in love, honestly, with with vinyl comparatively. I remember having it as a kid. I remember just being in love with it during the times of like sleeping in the radio stations with my dad. Um, when he would be on the air and I would just be bored. <laughs> And sleeping in a chair somewhere around all these super cool people. And yeah, it was just interesting, honestly. It was just this really kind of... Music has always been this big part of my life. It's uh, it's kind of funny because people talk about like all the streaming services that people use and whatnot. And like, I'm more likely to spend whatever it costs to have music than I am to pay for cable or video games or... The idea of traveling without music is, is wild to me. I actually heard someone over overheard a person say last week they don't like music. And I was like, what? You don't like music? I was like, what do you do? I was like, it's literally in everything. <laughs> like, you can't escape music. It's when you pump your gas. It's when you watch a TV show, when you hear the radio, when you... I was like, how do you become anti-music? Like, are you from the town of Footloose? Like, I don't understand, like, how that, that was a movie in the, um, God, I don't even know. I guess the 80s? Kevin Bacon. Just look up Footloose Kevin Bacon. It's a decent movie. That's the reference, just in case. I know some of you are young, so, you know, I, I don't want you to feel left out when we make these references that are obscure, you know? Uh, also, vinyl records. I know you know what vinyl records are. You're, you're cool and trendy, and your favorite stores sell them in the back of the store, typically. And sometimes they're new music, sometimes they're old music. Most of you own Abbey Road, which is a choice. <laughs> now, I don't dislike the Beatles. I just don't love the Beatles. I think that's probably one of the weirder little things about me. I remember the Beatles and thinking... When I first heard them, I was in college my first year, 
and I was thinking I'd seen like they had re-released they'd finally released not re-released they had finally released them on on uh on CD and it was just like it was they I think Michael Jackson had owned you guys are gonna have to google a lot of stuff this episode I'm sorry um Michael Jackson, I think, owned the recordings, and he released them so they could be put on CDs and all that stuff. So the Beatles had, like, this reemergence in the early 2000s where, you know, you really didn't hear that music then. Like, there was no... If you didn't own, like, a cassette or a, or a vinyl of these albums, you could not listen to them. A, a whole bit of music was locked away. I mean, I imagine it's still kind of like that in a lot of ways, but what are you doing? <laughs> I'm just hearing this crinkling noise, and I'm like, what is Tom up to? He has an affinity for plastic, so I have to sometimes run and stop him from messing with trash bags and such. He just likes to play with them. He thinks they're very interesting, and sometimes he licks plastic, which is... Bleh. There's nothing rustling away like a very goopy piece of plastic from a cat. Um, sorry, back to what I was saying. Um, yeah, it was just a lot of music was really locked away, so you couldn't really experience it unless you were gonna like go to somebody's house who had like vinyl records or even like tapes that they had recorded from vinyl records. We used to do a lot of mixtapes, and so yeah, it's just interesting. It's very interesting to see how it all kind of came together. I can hear you messing with that stuff, young man. You need to cut that out. He ignores me. This is how I talk to my cats, by the way. They are my children, and so I talk to them like they're my children. <laughs> um, but yeah, it inspired me to do kind of this uh, record collection, this player and this record collection. My my first player, record player, was for 45s, which are like the little small vinyls. And they, I think mine was a Big Bird one. It was yellow, and it had Big Bird on the side of it from Sesame Street. And it's gone, obviously. I don't have it anymore. Or my mom or my mom has it, and I don't know. Um, and then, yeah, all the vinyl records and all that stuff. Like, my dad has, like, hundreds of thousands of them, uh, radio DJ. And my mom still has quite a few of them, too. They both hoard them very hard for me, as if to say, you can't have these. And I'm like, they're going to be mine eventually. <laughs> and then I think about it, and I'm like, that sounds really morbid. And I'm like, no, I didn't mean it that way. I meant I'm just going to pick them up one day and listen to them and do stuff with them. So it's just really cool. It's really cool to just feel like this connect, make art that feels like a, a pathway of a connection back to where I come from. I figure art should be kind of like a like a doorway. So all is well, though, honestly. Um, I feel like the week has dragged a little bit. Uh, last week was kind of slow. But I think the funny thing about all of this stuff is, like, that's kind of normal for December. Like, if you remember what it was like when you were a kid in school, like, the week before Christmas, or present day as I refer to it, uh, was uh, was like the longest week of your life. 
You're like, oh my god, I'm never going to see my friends again. I'm going to be out of school forever. I wonder if they'll even recognize me. I'm obviously going to be a man when I come back. <laughs> Just stupid. Just very fun, stupid kid stuff. And, uh... Yeah, you just kind of have a good time with all of it. and But I remember, like, God, I just felt like it was going to be forever. So I got to wrap presents. I got to make some food. I got to... I'm trying to get better about that, actually. I've been trying to make it a point to just make food and only eat that for lunch. And, you know, cut back on, like, a lot of, like, ordered food. I won't say it's fast because it's not really fast food. Maybe Taco Bell's fast food, which is horrible because Taco Bell's not amazing. But, I mean, it's food, so it works in a pinch. Uh, but, yeah, just trying to do that. Working on my stretching exercises. The cats are good. Alex doing really good. She's doing some amazing artwork. Uh, please check her out. Blaze E. Blake on pretty much everything, every social media. She's much better about her marketing than I ever was. Um, yeah. It's funny. We had this discussion about The Crow, the movie The Crow. Um, it was a movie that was really influential when I was a kid. And I remember just watching it over and over and over again. And it may have been why I had kind of a toxic relationship. <laughs> I used to always kind of chase after slightly toxic people. Because uh, it always had to be a tragedy, I guess, in my mind for it to be a love story. So, and I mean, that influenced my, influenced my art a lot for a while, that I only picked, that I only picked uh, artwork, I only made artwork that kind of had like a dark, uh, melancholy vibe to it, and I realize that now. I think that's kind of the funny thing, Alec always teases me, because like, I love sad movies that have like, the hero dies in the end, and whole thing or whatever like those are those are my jam it's uh <laughs> it's not good <laughs> i think they're great but they're they're a little it's it's weird i understand it's, it's definitely strange that i'm so just attached to these like tragedies the romeo and juliet tragedies and stuff but like those are the movies that really encapsulate my mindset which i'm getting i'm getting better about it i am i am but uh, I do like a I do like a beaten down hero. So we're talking about that movie, The Crow, and she was saying it's it takes you on this ride where like at the end you feel kind of uh, beat down a little bit. And I was like, I know, right? And I'm all smiling, and she's like, No, don't, no, no, don't be so excited about that. And I'm just like, Yeah. She's like, But then you know the whole realistic aspect of it. And I was like, Oh, you mean that Brandon Lee died? Yes. That was just heartbreaking. It was interesting because we think, um, we talked about it for a while and we came to the conclusion that, like, if Brandon Lee had lived, he probably would have ushered in this whole new way that Asian American people were looked at. Um, I mean, now you look at, like, Shang-Chi and, like, Crazy Rich Asians and stuff like that. Like, it's definitely coming to the forefront but for a long time, I mean, the only way you really got to see characters that were fleshed out that were Asian or typically in, like, anime. So, like, the representation of them were not really put forward. And he was kind of going to be their gateway. You could see, like, there weren't a lot of famous Asian-American actors 
who were getting to be leads of roles or anything like that. I mean, hell, for a long time. It took a long time to just get to the point where we got, like, Black Panther for black people. Um, and then, you know, George... Uh, can't remember his last name. Uh, for Latino people and so on and so forth, it was just... Uh, there were all these characters, and it took a while to get to the point where you got like proper representation and proper and I realized, you know, they could have obviously gone with other people, but they didn't. So, you know, history, history is what history is at that point. Um, and yeah, it was just his death, his death. He was, he was kind of the beginnings of this, of this, of this like age that is kind of coming about again now in cinema. And he was kind of starting that beforehand. And then it came to an abrupt stop. And it's kind of interesting because you see a lot of artwork that kind of works that way. Like there were people who were going that direction. I think of like Jean-Michel Basquiat, um, who was a, uh, a Afro-Latino painter in Brooklyn who died of an overdose in the 70s. Like if he had lived, he probably would have ushered in a whole new realm of art artists and particularly like artists of color would have been more on the forefront because like he died off and then it just kind of that whole movement just kind of fell away of like urban art uh lots of people were making it but it wasn't really being celebrated over all over the world so it's very interesting the what ifs of the world how they come about hmm Oh, I almost forgot. Please remember to drink some water. I've got a glass right here. I've got a mason jar of gla of water right now. I'm going to take a sip. Hope you can drink something with me. So good. So good. Um, yeah, just work on being hydrated. And uh, I love our conversations, by the way. <laughs> So I picked up these random brushes, these like $20 brushes from, uh, from Amazon. I kept thinking about doing like a review for them, but I was like, I'm not really a reviewer and I don't, I don't think of them in the traditional way. When I buy brushes, uh, I had wanted this really wide, like flat brush that had like a curved handle, like a miscellane, a, la 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 la, a, Mazzolina, Mussolina, Mazzolina, Mezzolina. There we go, Mezzolina. It's a chopping device uh, in Latin America. And um, yeah, so it's got like this kind of round handle and that goes up and you hold it kind of like in your palm. It's got long brush. It's got kind of like a long length, like a, like a, like a broom almost, like a short hand broom to everything. So I got one of those. And it came with a bunch of other kind of like little round brushes or whatever. And they're supposed to be for chalk, but for like chalk paint and stuff like that. But I wanted to use them for ink. So I picked those up and I've been using like one of them right now. I need to use the big one, but I have to figure out a device that will allow me to dip it in ink first before I use it to do things. And I have not quite figured out how I'm going to do that. I mean, there is a way, but I want to do it kind of in a... 
I don't want to have to pour ink in it and then have to just like throw all the ink away if I don't use enough of it. But I also don't want to have to keep filling it constantly with like a dab of ink and so on and so forth. So it is a, and then there's a whole factor of rinsing it and doing all this other stuff. There's a lot of technical stuff that goes into painting that I don't think people really think about. Um, but yeah, I've been using them and they're cheap brushes. I only really got it because there was this other like kind of uh, broom brush that I saw in an art store and it was $50 for that brush. And it wasn't particularly like amazing or anything. It had like normal bristles like you would see. And then but it had like a big red plastic handle, which I wouldn't I wasn't really in love with anyways. But then I looked at the price of it and I was like, nah, that's not gonna be it. <laughs> so I just kinda looked around with all these different art stores and all these things and hey Tom. He's just sitting here staring at me like a weirdo. You wanna jump up? Come on. Come tell the story with me. So, it was, um, yeah, I've really been use, interested in using it. I picked up some more um, linoleum to to uh, carve, actually, so I could make more kind of like prints for when I need to mail things and so on, because everything I have is on these big heavy block prints, and they don't really transfer the impression is easily when it's not a flat shape on a flat object like an envelope so i thought about it and i was like well what would make that easier and i was like oh i could just recarve some stuff on some block print stuff so i'm working on those so when i send things out either packages or prints or whatever i can really excuse me mm. i don't know why i'm yawning i could really um like personalize them and I got the idea from other artists actually um a lot of times I order I order art from artists that I like because I believe in like supporting artwork artwork uh and it feels weird like I've, I've had people give me weird looks about that and I'm like well I mean I ask people to support my art so I would be a hypocrite if I did not support other artists in whatever way I could so I do that so I'm probably going to do like a Galeras and a Jinshi and a Gracias and maybe an Obrigado or something of that nature, you know, people, people, thank you, thank you. Um, just, you know, Spanish, Portuguese, kind of inter intertwine, intertween. I've gone back to doing Duolingo again, by the way. I've been working a lot on my Spanish. I am 152 days straight. <laughs> of doing it and I'm honestly starting to really it's really starting to finally work properly um I really wanted to relearn Spanish because one I live in a very Spanish uh, population uh coming from a slightly Spanish background as well well a Spanish background and I felt like it would be fun to be able to listen to the music that I've always listened to my whole life and finally understand all the words as they're coming out. Like, I know what the songs are about. I look it up, I read it, I do stuff like that. But to be able to hear it and then go like, oh, okay, so this is the story of this and this is how it works and like really catch the beauty of it seems to be like the best way. Like the sentences, the structure, the romantic way that it comes out. And I feel like I'm I'm really getting there, and it makes me really happy, actually, that I'm 
my conjugation is so much better and just all these things. I ordered a, a children's book that was like a painted children's book that was in Spanish, but it got canceled because I think um, they couldn't get it off the boats or whatever, the crates, the shipping containers, as it were, because everything is basically blocked by lack of shipping containers. Hi, Tom. And, yeah, so it made me sad. Because I haven't really gone to a bookstore in quite a long time, actually. And so, Tom is caught up in the cable. There we go. There we go. See? You're okay. Alright. And <laughs> I feel like I'm like one of those parents who's like trying to go on like a Zoom call while like balancing their child or something. Um, yeah. So, all these things are going on, and yeah, it just sucked. I couldn't get it. It was a really beautiful, like, kids' watercolor book, uh, painting, painting, like, children's book with uh, in Spanish, and I was going to look at it first, and I was going to give it to my friend, Walter and Sydney. They just had a daughter, um, Samantha, so I thought it would be cool. <laughs> Maybe I'll just make one. Maybe I'll make one when I get, when I feel confident enough, maybe I'll make a, maybe I'll just make a Afro-Latino um, children's watercolor book. I don't know what it'll be about, but it'll be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> So I was starting my first year, my first semester in art school, and I had to, I, I had uh, a friend of mine, Rick, had talked me into, over the summer, getting a bass guitar. And so in addition to my art classes, I was going to take an introduction to bassa and jazz uh, on the bass. I had never played the bass. <laughs> I'd like listen, I'd take lessons, and I'd like... Over the summer, I'd taken some lessons and I played a little bit, but I was not anywhere near like the freestyle ability that I needed to be to take the class. Mm, so much yawning. And um, so, yeah, I was just kind of lost in the class at first. And as the time went by, I got a lot better. My professor used to always go, just, you just got to blow that horn, man. Just blow that horn. And I'm like, I have a guitar. I don't know what you mean. And I'm like, oh, you mean everything when you say that. And it was really funny because, like, as the time went by, I really wanted to switch instruments because, like, the bass had, like, I couldn't really move my fingers and my hands the way I needed to with the stretch of the bass because, you know, I used my hands to paint and draw things. And so, like, that was, like, my big thing that I tried to really kind of get into and do and so I wanted to do the trumpet but ultimately I just finished with the bass for the class so that I could just take it and just do whatever and uh it was cool I mean we went to a lot of like like jazz like dirty cigarette stained no uh like a light bulb one light bulb in the whole place and it was covered in soot type of bars where people played music and it was just interesting (laughs) 
is the best way I can think to describe it. It was just interesting. It was wild and kind of scuzzy, scuzzy and kind of dirty. But it really kind of inspired me to love that music so much more as time went by. And it just kind of caught on on how I felt. And I remember we had to go to one of the shows. One of the assignments he had was we had to go to one of his live performances. Yeah, I know. Um, and so we went, but most of us were underage, and so we couldn't go in until after midnight. Or, yeah, yeah. And we have like these rib these wristbands on, so we couldn't drink with X's on our hands. And we just sat there, and we just jammed out, and had the best time, just listening and bobbing our heads and learning about like old jazz music and blues music. Uh, Charlie Yardberg Parker and stuff like that and it was just really cool how it all kind of came together and yeah <laughs> it was interesting I didn't know at the time it was at the community college so it was in Charlotte and I did not know at the time that Charlotte had such a strong jazz presence which I'm sure most people would be like of course blah 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 blahs from there and so on and so forth and I was like yeah but I was 18 I didn't know all this stuff. Like, these aren't the things that you're exposed to. Once again, there was no streaming services. There, The most I had really heard of a lot of this music was when my parents would take me to performances of uh, Winston Marcellus Jr. and people like that, and Harry Connick Jr. and stuff like that. Or NPR would have, like, there's a radio station that uh, holdover hippies like myself um, listen to. And they would have, like, jazz music and stuff like that. So I would always hear, like, trumpeteering and Sechmo and just uh, Miles Davis and, like, all these things. And I had not really fallen completely in love. And then bossa music within itself, which is like a Spanish jazz. And it was just really, really interesting <laughs> to see how all of it was so connected and how they all kind of inspired one another as my phone makes that noise in the middle of the podcast. Um, yeah, it was just really cool. I was really happy and surprised by how much was going on with it. And at the time, I was uh, dealing with a substance abuse problem, so I was kind of using that to find focus in being an artist and everything. And jazz and art school became kind of hand-in-hand together forever so one of the coolest places that i find a lot of my inks and such are is the place yasutomo ink yasutomo ink is this amazing website where it's uh, yasutomo.com and that's y-a-s-u-t-o-m-o and they are just super cool they're really nice to me they've always been really supportive and if you can Please go buy some supplies from them. They have brushes, they have ink, they have paper, they have watercolors, they have all types of fun stuff. They even have folding origami paper, which is really kind of interesting. Um, yeah, I just, I love them. I think they're great. So hopefully you'll check them out. Uh, it always helps to support the podcast. Okay, bye. All right. So this is the point of the podcast where we do our meditation. Something simple, something laid back. We can just kind of 
find our center and relax for a moment, a moment in time. Mark on your breathing. Deep breath in. Deep breath out. I'm a little congested. It's the whole fall thing. Fall, winter. I always get a little stuffy. Um, yeah, so I figured this should be about the fall. The fall, winter season. <laughs> I'm not sure. I think we're still in fall. Um, I think we're in winter. I think winter doesn't start until like the past this week. So I was going on a walk, hearing the crunching of the leaves in the grass, looking up at the last, the last bits of uh, leaves coming down from the trees before they felt like fingers, like, like fingers or antlers coming out of the ground of like a of like a sleeping animal that we were walking on. And I began to think this would make a great meditation. I feel like everything always feels like the ocean. You listen to the wind blow. And as it does, in the grass, you see the leaves kind of pile and make into big things big piles of leaves, dry and wet and all these things accumulating and becoming kind of a a small ma a small bit into a big mass. And I thought that is what stress is like. <laughs> so we're going to just kind of rake our leaves. We're going to slowly take all of our things and just let them fall off of us like the trees and the leaves. shed we shed them we let them go because we don't need them anymore we'll grow new things they won't be gone forever for those who fear letting go of things means you don't have them anymore they're still yours they just don't always have to be fresh naturally letting go of these things is not enough if we just let them fall off of us onto the floor, they just kind of surround us after a while. So we have to just kind of slowly accumulate them. And just collect all those things that are off of us. And then put them away. And then let them fertilize the ground and our surroundings. They're, they're no longer alive to be a part of us. They're meant to be shared. The energy of them is meant to be shared throughout the world. As wind blows, it just sounds like an ocean. The key is not have, not to have a, a clean yard. The key is to not let Tom hit the microphone. <laughs> uh, he's back, he's back. Um, the key is to just allow yourself to let go of things. Like I said, they're not gone. 
by by acknowledging them and acknowledging how they've fallen off of you because you can't carry the weight of them anymore is still very, very important. Head kiss for Tom. And uh, yeah, we just have to kind of figure out how to be at peace with that. It's important. All right, so for me and Tom, we want you to have a very happy holiday. Enjoy yourself. Do great things. Um, if you get a chance, please rate and comment uh, for the for the podcast on whatever place you listen to the podcast on. Uh, it helps with people finding us and doing all those cool things. I'd prefer a five-star, but if you don't want to do that, I mean, that's cruel of you, but that's fine. Um, and, yeah, we just just enjoy yourselves. Um there's always the painter there's always painter files on YouTube. You can watch all those videos on those cold or warm coffee, uh hot chocolate tea nights. And then just uh be at peace and have a great day. I love you. You're wonderful. You're great. We are almost at the end of the year. And once again, painter out. Ciao.